Hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. Good to be with you, friends. It is uh, always good to be here with you guys on Christmas Eve. Uh, Those who are here, those who are online, good to be with all of you. And just to begin our collective celebration of Christmas with some prayer and worship and hearing the scriptures. And uh, this, through the years, has become one of our favorite traditions uh, for Christmas is beginning with the service. And uh, we love it. Uh, Second favorite is running down the street outside of our house yelling Merry Christmas, you beautiful savings and loan, and things like that, like Jimmy Stewart, but we, uh, but that's second, that's second, that's, this comes first, we do that later. Um, hey, and, and big thank you uh, to our youth and our kids, and, uh, and Andre, who's neither a youth nor a kid, but thank you very much uh, for, uh, for everything that you've read and sang and prayed this evening, and uh, we want to take a few minutes and reflect on these words Uh, that our our students just read. Uh, Throughout the season of Advent, we've been uh, been reading together in Isaiah 9 and looking at these four names that were given to the Messiah 700 years before Jesus actually came. Uh, And just kind of breaking each of these down, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and the final one that we'll look at tonight is Prince of Peace. And uh, we sang that earlier, and maybe you caught it in the text that that, uh, was just read as well, Uh, this idea of of peace coming when Christ came. In Luke 2.14, it says this. It says, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those on whom his favor rests. This is part of the angel's announcement that with Jesus coming into the world, that there is a peace that comes on the earth as well. The Prince of Peace has brought his peace to us. And we experience that now in part, and when Christ returns, we'll experience it in full. Uh, But what does that mean? What does it mean to say that peace has come? And what does it mean to say that Jesus is the Prince of Peace? In what ways has he brought peace? And there's three ways that the scriptures take us back to again and again, that we experience this peace as a result of what Jesus has done. Uh, It speaks of peace with God, and of peace with each other, and of peace with ourselves. Uh, First, that Jesus came that we might have peace with God. Uh, The Apostle Paul wrote this to a a church in the the Greco-Roman world in Colossae. He writes this, he says, Through Jesus, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you, who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Uh, Now, There's a lot going on here, Uh, but in the backdrop of this text is a a hard teaching. Uh, This idea, and you see this in the scriptures from beginning to end, uh, the reality of our sin and how that separates us from God. Uh, You might think of it this way. If if you have a, a good friend or maybe a parent or a child or a spouse, but a close relationship and you lie to that person, there's a breach that happens there. Uh, There's a distance that happens between the two of you that needs to be repaired 
there needs to be a reconciliation that happens in order for you to be good again. And the scriptures teach that our sin, our insistence on living our way instead of God's way, causes this separation in our relationship with him. And it's something that needs to be repaired. And it's a very serious breach as well because it's, it's with our maker. It's the one who created us. Uh, the Bible teaches that it leads to spiritual death, to an eternity without God, what, what the scriptures call hell. Uh, but, and this is where Jesus comes in, we're taught that in Jesus that reconciliation has happened. That separation is a reality and all of us experience that separation. But in Jesus, a way has been made for that breach to be made whole, for there to be repair. By him coming for us, this event that we celebrate at Christmas, by him coming for us, by him dying for our sins, there is a repair that has happened, that he has brought about. And and as Paul says here, as a result of that, we're brought into his presence, holy, blameless, without a single fault. There's a peace that happens with God as a result of what Jesus has done. Uh, I was thinking about this this week and, and uh, reflecting on uh, a, a time with my parents a long time ago when I was in college. Uh, but maybe six months or a year after I, I started walking with Christ, uh, I, I just had this heavy burden on me that I needed to make some things right with my parents. Uh, I had been lying to them for years about so many things. Um, I, I was living one life away at college and telling them I was living something different. And uh, uh, I just had this sense that, that I, I needed to confess that to them and apologize and ask their forgiveness. And, uh, and I did. And it was, it was really painful for me. It was really painful for them. Uh, but they, they forgave me and really received me in that. And I'll tell you what, there, it was like there was a whole redo in the relationship after that. Uh, like we, we kind of just got this do-over. And it's not that I even felt especially distant from my parents. I loved my parents. They loved me, and I, I knew that. And they, you know, they likewise knew. But there, there was a breach there because of what I was doing. There was a breach there because I'd been perpetually dishonest. And I didn't realize how big that gulf was until it, it wasn't there anymore. Right? Can you relate to that at all? Have you had that with a person where you've, you've been in a relationship and something falls out? And there's this need to have it, <clears throat> this need to have it repaired if there's going to be a deeper peace. And it's kind of like that with God, friends. It's not that he doesn't love us. He does. But the, the reality is there is a breach and it has to be repaired if we are to have peace with him. And the scriptures teach us that Jesus came for this, that Jesus repaired this breach, this gulf. You might say that his body on the cross is the thing that covered that divide. Jesus came that we might have peace with God. We celebrate that at Christmas, this peace that Jesus brings. Uh, There's a second area uh, that we're taught that Jesus brought peace as well peace with God, but also Jesus came that we might have peace with each other. And this is another painful aspect of our sin. Not only does it cause the separation between us and God, but it distances us from other people as well. 
We're made to live in relationship with others, relationship that is uncluttered, that's unbroken, a relationship that is pure and that is deeply connected. But our sin interferes with that as well. Uh, And Jesus, we're told, uh, he's come to heal this rift as well. I want to read another scripture for you from the New Testament. And it's the Apostle Paul again. And he's speaking in this context about one of the fiercest racial divisions that existed in the first century, that between Jews and Gentiles. And and of that, uh, the New Testament says this. It says, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from those two groups. Peace, again, brought to us through the cross of Christ. You know, over the last couple of years, so many organizations in our society have worked really hard at bridging some of these divisions that exist between people in our society. People of different backgrounds, people of different races, people of different sexes. And these, these efforts are wonderful as far as they go, and we celebrate these. But it, it's interesting thinking of that in light of this backdrop, right? This, this idea of racial reconciliation, and in fact, all reconciliations between people, that this was God's idea first. And the recipe that he brings to this is is so much deeper than what we're able to accomplish in training, right? So much deeper than just the toolbox that maybe uh, we've been exposed to and are used to using, as helpful as that can be. Uh, But what Paul is saying here is that God has taken these two groups, the two of the most hostile towards each other groups in the first century world, and he's smushed them together. He solved the problem of the division between people, not just by teaching them how to get along better, but by taking the two and bringing them together as one, making one new person out of the two. Uh, I don't know if this analogy will work for you or not, but I, I think of this uh, anytime I see an interracially married couple. Right? I think that is one of the most beautiful pictures of the kingdom of God where you have two people, as the scriptures put it, two people who are made one flesh. And in in the case of of an interracial marriage, two people who are ethnically different from one another. And they're brought together and they're made one. And then if if they happen to have children as well, I mean, that picture just kind of keeps going, doesn't it? Where you have this beautiful person who is the product of a fully reconciled uh, relationship between two people. Jesus has done something similar for us, friends. The peace that he has brought us is not just peace with God, it's also peace with each other. And we get to live into that. Listen, this is one of the most wonderful things about following Jesus. You don't have to hate anybody. You don't have to. Jesus has come that we might be freed from the burden of hatred and animosity and division. We don't have to live into that. Jesus has accomplished something on the cross that he invites us to grow into and participate in. 
It's the deepest reconciliation with others that we can experience, what Christ has done for us. Jesus came that we might have peace with God, and we might have peace with each other, and finally, uh, that we might also have peace with ourselves, the capacity to live at peace with ourselves. And listen, it's an unspeakable gift to have peace with God because he has bridged that gap, he has forgiven our sins. It is an amazing privilege that we can be reconciled to others, that we can have peace with others because of what Jesus has done. Uh, But sometimes, and maybe you'll relate to this, sometimes we find our hardest work in life is just in having peace with ourselves, is just being comfortable enough in our own skin that we can live at peace with ourselves. Uh, This too is, is another consequence of sin, right? The sense of guilt that we've done something wrong. And of course, when we have done something wrong, it's appropriate, right? We, we want to feel that guilt so we're not sociopaths, you know, unaware of the things that we are doing. Uh, but what do you do with that once you have it? Once you've come to that difficult place of admitting, I am wrong. I have blown this badly. Once you get to that place, what do you do with the guilt that results? The scriptures tell us that Jesus came for this too. That we might have peace with God, that we might have peace with others, but even with ourselves, that we might learn what to do with that. This is from the book of Hebrews. It says this. It says, because Jesus died for our sins, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. He says the work of Christ extends to this place where it touches even our consciences, and we're made clean through and through as a result of what Jesus has done on our behalf. A few years back, I did a, a week-long backpack trip with some friends in Northern California. And, uh, you know, we're, we're hiking every day. Uh, we're carrying heavy packs. We're sweating, of course, like crazy. We're in the same clothes. We're trying to travel kind of light, so we didn't, we didn't bring a lot of changes of clothing exactly. It's, you know, it's the same thing. And there's no showers. And after a week, we, we look pretty atrocious. Uh, I'm sure we we smelled even worse. We couldn't smell each other. It had gotten that bad. Uh, but we, we come down off the mountain, and, and we go to this cafe. And this, is our, this is our first stop before anything else. We haven't had a decently cooked hot meal in a week, right? And so first stop is this cafe for lunch. And, you know, we're, we're excited to be off the mountain and smelling real food. And we're kind of loud and kind of rowdy and being those guys. And we're just excited. And, we notice the waitress who is taking our order. Uh, she, she keeps staring at us, you know, and, and I'm noticing this, that she's, you know, she'll bring us this, bring us that, but she stops and she stares every time. And finally, in kind of a timid voice, she works up the courage to ask us, just how long were you guys out there? <laughs> and, uh, and one of my friends, without, without missing a beat, he says, you know, I don't really know. Hey, is different strokes still on? (laughs) Uh, 
But hey, as great as that first hot meal was, the first shower may have even been better. When you know that you are really, really dirty, and you come to a place where you're able to feel really, really clean, man, that, that's a thing. And what if you could experience that on the level of your soul? What if in those places of your deepest failures, your deepest pains, those deepest places of shame, you could experience the cleansing refreshment of what Jesus has done. Friends, that is exactly what the scriptures are telling us here. I think sometimes we don't take it seriously enough that Jesus came that we might have peace with ourselves. The, the way it, it works is this, and it's, it's so simple we might miss it. But there is, there is a punishment for our sins. And something in us responds to that because it, it knows it's true. We know that that is, is right, that's just. But Jesus has taken on himself the penalty for our sins. The price has been paid. The punishment is over. And there's nothing left for us but the grace of God. The refreshment of repentance. Walking forward in a place of being clean. Jesus has come to bring us all that. As we think about Christmas, this is what's in the backdrop, friends. Jesus has come that we might have peace with God, peace with each other, peace even with ourselves. And can I ask you this tonight? Can I ask you, as we come into this Christmas holiday, where do you stand with Jesus? For some, you, you may have some familiarity with these things, but it could be that it's all been seen sort of from a distance. That you've never invited Jesus into your life in particular to experience these, these, these things, to save you from your sins. Uh, to become the rabbi that you would follow. And can I invite you to that tonight? To make this Christmas Eve the night that you do that. As, as we're responding in worship, as we sing, as we pray, as we receive communion, uh, ask Jesus in prayer to come into your life that you might receive the peace that he brings. He will come. He will do that. Uh, for others, it could be that you've had a relationship with God, that it's something you are very familiar with, but that your faith has maybe fallen on hard times, gone from being central in your life to more of an accessory, uh, maybe something like Christmas, an event that you don't think about a lot until it actually comes around. And as we worship tonight, uh, there's an opportunity there for you as well to make a change, to tell God that you want him to help you in following him better, to ask him to build in you those habits of prayer and scripture and uh, Sunday worship and fellowship, those things that bring you close to God. And I want to invite you as you worship tonight to make that something that you ask God for, for him to work that in your life as well. Uh, and friends, for all of us, wherever we're at with God, uh, let me say this, as we enjoy this holiday, uh, tonight, tomorrow, if you have 
the privilege of enjoying food or gifts or of being with loved ones. Friends, make all of that an act of worship, a reminder of a God who came to us as a baby and who came to us to bring us peace. Let's pray together.